Welcome back. It's been a few weeks since the coroner's court has sat at Woking to hear evidence into the death of Private Sean Benton at Deepcut. The 20-year-old died 23 years ago now. He was found with five gunshot wounds to the chest at the army barracks in Surrey. This week, the coroner, Judge Peter Rook QC, came back to the same court just over six months after he began hearing evidence and delivered a verdict of suicide to a packed courtroom which included Sean's sister Tracy and twin brother Tony. Private Benton was the first of four young recruits to die between 1995 and 2002, with his death originally recorded as suicide. The coroner told the court there were three suicide notes found after Private Benton's death, but his family has called for police to open a criminal investigation after comments made about certain senior NCOs at the base. I'm Kaya Lark, and I'm joined by fellow journalist Barry Keevans, who has been following all of the deep cut cases. This is Deep Cut, the inquest. So Barry, we have finally, six months on, had the verdict and it was once again suicide. That was never really challenged throughout this evidence, was it? No, I think throughout what I think was more than 40 days of hearings at Woking, nobody ever really seriously challenged the idea that Sean had taken his own life. I mean, there are obviously an awful lot of questions still remaining, but as far as the evidence available to the coroner, there wasn't anything there and there was no experts or, or anybody else who were seriously challenging the the idea that the five gunshot wounds that Sean died from were self-inflicted. Mm. And despite that verdict and despite, I think, most people in that courtroom expecting that to be the coroner's verdict, it was still very emotional in court, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, as you can imagine, most of the people who are closely involved in, in an inquest like this will know more or less from the outset what they're going to hear uh, in broad terms and will be prepared by their legal teams for potential outcomes. It's always different on the day, you know. You As prepared as you might be, once the built-up emotion, the pent-up tension that you go through in a, in a long process like this actually comes to a head. And of course, it's I mean, it's been just over six months, but I mean, it's been over 23 years for the family, hasn't it, to get to this point? Let's not forget that. Yeah, it has been a long time. And again, with a process like this as well, it's always very stop-start. And there are always long periods where nothing happens and there are false starts and there are, you know, stars along the way. And, you know, this inquest should have been finished probably two months ago. So I mean, there were new witnesses that came forward once the inquest had begun, wasn't there? And that's, that's sort of what delayed that process to some degree. Yeah, I mean, there were various delays along the way, not just new witnesses coming forward, but, but yeah, there were a few delays. Yeah, so when you get to the end of something like this, then you know, there's there's an awful lot of emotion which has to, which naturally comes out. Hmm. You sort of feel as though there was, there was confusion still left unresolved in, in, in terms of, of those shots. Well, the coroner said it himself, you know, he said that there will still be questions that the family have which can never be answered. In any suicide, there are always things that you'll never know. Um, mm. But in in something in one like this, where it has been gone into in such detail, still coming out of it with with unanswered questions is very hard. And a lot of people coming to it fresh who haven't heard all of that evidence and haven't followed the case in in such detail, people will still have that question of how can you shoot yourself five times, and the science couldn't really 
help entirely. You know, the scientists were still saying it, it fundamentally it rests on witnesses. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, the experts were asked to make the science fit to the evidence that was available. Yeah, they could make they could make it happen, but without an awful lot of evidence that would just be commonplace now, it was almost impossible for the experts to really decipher and understand what happened. The lack of evidence gathering at the scene and the lack of uh, police investigation at the time is the reason why we're being in court. For so many months now, the coroner did acknowledge that bullying was a major feature of camp life in the 90s, early 2000s at Deep Cut, but he didn't say that it was the only, the main cause of, of Sean's death. No, Peter Rook decided that the main factor, the main contributing factor in Sean's decision to take his own life was his impending discharge from the army. But his treatment at the hands of NCOs and other trainees at the camp was uh, not ruled out completely. You know, he acknowledged that that would have lessened Sean's resilience. That was the phrase that he used, and I think that's probably a good way of putting it. That anybody under that kind of pressure would certainly feel it. The coroner said the main catalyst for Sean's decision to take his own life was being discharged from the army. I mean, you could you could argue that his discharge from the army was also contributed to by the treatment that he received while he was there, but I mean, ultimately the reason he was being kicked out was because of his own behaviour. Now, we've also heard about this sort of emerging personality disorder and some mental health issues that Sean was displaying in the run-up to this. Just tell us a little bit more about that. Well, this is also one of the big surprises to people who hadn't been following it as closely as you know. <laughs> Um, Sean had tried to take his own life possibly twice before joining the army and then there were a few instances while he was at Deep Cup but certainly at least one that was a definite suicide attempt I would say. The other two instances I don't know you can look at them either way but certainly taking an overdose of pills is whether or not it's a cry for help it's, it's certainly a suicide attempt whether or not it's a serious one is, is another question but it's certainly an attempt. The stress that he was under coupled with what the forensic psychiatrists have called an emerging personality disorder the main factors here I think but the emerging personality disorder is something that both of the expert forensic psychiatrists agreed on but they also both said that there was no way that anybody who was seeing Sean for psychiatric treatment at the time or any kind of mental health issue would have known about that would have been able to diagnose it because they weren't in possession of all the facts um, mm. in the same way that, that people coming to the inquest late or fresh didn't know about his previous suicide attempts the army doctors who saw him didn't know about those either because he wasn't required to provide his GP records and refused permission for the army to access them as well. And you would hope that a lot has changed in terms of how we treat mental health in the 23 years and, and so these things wouldn't go unnoticed and undiagnosed today would they? No because your medical records now form part of your application when you when you join so Sean... You wouldn't be able to withhold such information but he particularly the, the coroner particularly singled out Sergeant Andrew Gavigan. He's been quite a feature of these inquests and he was one of Private Benton's instructors while he was at Deep Cut and was really quite key obviously he, he took stand gave evidence himself and we heard through the inquest about this alter ego that he had he would just change he would have sort of one personality one moment and then would would completely change and lose control and the coroner sort of said that he, he went too far and he believed that there should have been closer checks on Sergeant Gavigan's treatment and the of the trainees, not not just Sean, but of, of the wider trainees as well. Yeah, Peter Rook went through all of the uh, officers, senior to Sergeant Gavigan, who either didn't know, weren't told, weren't aware, or 
didn't understand the extent of the the twin brothers activities he was fairly scathing about that as well he did say that they should have known and they, and they should have done something about it and, and has Sergeant Gavigan himself responded to the comments not that I'm aware of so far I might try and get hold of him later but it's the second time he's been through this as well he sat in court for to hear a lot of it and gave evidence himself and the, again the coroner went through a number of the anecdotes that the other witnesses had told and mm. he agreed with a lot of them that all these things did happen. But he has, I mean, it's important to say he has denied allegations of abusive behaviour. He has denied that he was abusive towards both Sergeant Benson and, and, and any other recruits. Obviously, we are now two inquests through the famous four of Deep Cut and a realisation that yeah, we have reached that, that halfway point. Does it feel strange to you to have got to this point? I mean, obviously there is still a long way to go, um, but we have had two inquests and they have both come back with suicide verdicts. Well, it's been quite a few years now as well. I honestly can't think how many years. I think it's three since Cheryl's inquest opened. <coughs> and it was it was only the morning of you know, on Wednesday morning when, when I was getting ready for the, the conclusions to Sean's that I realised that it's potentially the halfway point and I'm back in court today for another pre-inquest review for Jeff Gray so number three is well underway and I mean we don't know if there'll be number four yet but the Collinson family definitely want one it's a long process to get to the coroner's court though isn't it yeah I, I'm sure Liberty are working hard on their preparations and uh, for the, an application for a new inquest for for James Collinson and, and of course the precedent has, has, has now been set with these two and in terms of uh, of Private Jeff Gray's uh, inquest, like you say, uh, the process is, is, is well underway now. Uh, there is a hearing at, at the Old Bailey. Um, what are we expecting from that and, and sort of where where are we within the process? Well, Jeff Gray's family have got a different legal team and they are going to be setting out their case today for a jury inquest. Uh, I would expect to hear some very interesting stuff today because in order to convince the judge that he should have an in- uh, a jury for this inquest where you turn down an application for a jury to hear Sean's inquest, then they're, they're going to have to have some fairly convincing arguments. So, And I'm told they do. So, And Cheryl James's as well, yeah. We will wait to find out what happens with that. But, I mean, you, you have to, if, if nothing else, recognise the, the absolute tenacity of the families within this. And it's, it's fully understandable that, that they don't give up and that they you know they are fighting for for the truth of what happened to their to their loved ones but it's um, and they're all very supportive of each other as well you know uh, yeah. diane gray was there yesterday james and yvonne collinson were there too and they're still sticking together and um yeah i mean but yes this is potentially the halfway point in the round of second inquests mm. so yeah it could be another few years to go yeah i mean i would anticipate jeff gray's inquest should be early in the new year if not towards the end of this year but I, I would guess be next year I guess, and I guess some of that will, will potentially depend on what the decision is in terms of whether it's a jury inquest or, or if not if it is a jury inquest it'll be very different very different and there could be less room in court as well indeed but, uh, but no less interest I'm sure well that's it from us on this podcast if you missed some of the evidence you can catch up on soundcloud and itunes do follow deep cut the inquest on social media if you aren't already to keep informed of all future developments in the two remaining cases into the deaths of privates jeff gray and james collinson and of course should surrey police open any further investigations into sean benton's death we will update you if you want to find out more check out www.deepcutinquest.co.uk thank you for listening 
Deep Cut, The Inquest. <laughs>